Hi peeps, and welcome to another episode. Today we are discussing a very interesting topic. Okay, okay, I'm curious now. What's the interesting topic and why is it interesting? First of all, don't jump the gun. As the old saying goes, patient is a virtue. Now to answer your question. We're all Muslims here at the table. We all see the world differently. We view it through our own eyes and our own perspective. Normality for us is eating halal food. Some would say we've been indoctrinated in it. But for some, not all non-Muslims, the concept of halal food is foreign. They don't see the point or want to understand it. So why not join us at the table and find out about today's topic, Does Eating Halal Make Me a Muslim? See you in a bit. I can hear a lot of talking going on. People need to quiet down. Well, a lot of myths going around here. Some people think eating halal would make them a Muslim. The short answer is no. Here is an example. If I ate kosher, does that make me a Jew? And God forbid, and hope Allah protects. What do you mean Allah protect us? And from what? Food? Well, first of all, Allah is just another word for God, but it's in Arabic. Secondly, I'm not a scholar, but it's just a phrase that we Muslim say, as I hope God protects us from being misled. Let's look at it from another perspective. If someone who is a practicing Muslim and they drank alcohol and consumed non-halal food, would that make them a non-Muslim? Again, the answer is no. That is, if they are still practicing the ibadah, which is just another word for praying, which will not count for 40 days, and they also must ask for forgiveness. That makes sense. Let's hope no one's prayers are for nothing. Allah knows best, I mean. Hey Dims, you mentioned someone in your previous employment was talking about how eating halal meat was only for Muslims? Yes, in another life, I used to work for a call centre. I won't say which one, for legal reasons and self-pride, lol. But there was this guy on my team called Dave. Would they all call Dave? So anyway, Dave was talking to his friend who's called John. Dave was saying how he had tried halal meat over the weekend for the first time in his life, and he quite enjoyed the taste. And his girlfriend enjoyed cooking it, as it did not smell as bad as regular meat. And John was like, won't that make you a Muslim? And Dave replied, no. It's just the way the animal is slaughtered. I asked the halal butcher and he explained this to me. And John seemed quite surprised by this. Now having the knowledge that halal meat won't turn him into a Muslim and also the positive comments that Dave had made about halal meat, John seemed quite keen on trying this out for himself. And that, by the way, is a true story. You sure that was a true story? Of course it was. I always get my facts wrong. Ah, okay. Well, anyway, that was a good story to hear. Nis, do you have any similar stories like Dim's? 
Luckily, no. I've taken home-cooked dishes to work, and they've liked them. <laughs> Lucky for you. Not everyone has been fortunate as yourself. That takes me to a story my wife's nephew mentioned to me. He was at a local supermarket, two people in front, discussing how halal has infiltrated their local supermarket and that they wouldn't eat halal meat as they thought eating halal meat would make them a Muslim. He thought it was funny, shrugged his shoulders and carried on with his day. This is the reason why I personally wanted to talk about this subject and how some people see the world in a different view. Another story which my wife mentioned to me was in high school, she had a non-Muslim teacher who wanted to make some Punjabi style samosas. When she made the samosas the first time round, she had used non-halal meat. She tasted them and wasn't impressed. The next day, she informed the class that didn't taste the same as the one the class gave her. Specifically, the kima, which was which is just minced meat, that was too hard. Her assumption was it might be due to the non-halal meat having blood. This is correct as halal meat has less or no blood compared to non-halal meat. She then went to a halal butcher and she tried the same recipe but with halal meat. This time she had found that the meat tasted different. As you can see, there is a difference in taste and texture. I think you just have to get used to it just like everything else in life. Any of you guys experienced any of this during your life? Nah, to be honest, apart from that one incident between Dave and John, can't really say I've personally come across this that much. I've actually had shopkeepers tell me without asking that the meat is not halal or even the fried food like chips is not halal because they've used animal-based oil to fry the food. This takes me into our next topic, how the media portrays how the halal meat is infiltrating the slaughterhouse here in the UK. Peeps, check this article out. For you peeps at home, I'll provide a link in the description. So peeps, any thoughts on what you have read? Well, they're not even sure, and it's all hearsay without evidence, just accusations. In the article he says, open quote, it is almost certain that meat which hasn't been stunned is getting into the normal food chain, end quote. He's not even sure. I can understand why slaughterhouses are switching. Money makes the world go round, and Muslims love their meat, and there are a lot of Muslims. I did not know that. The bit about the sharp rise in the number of sheep being slaughtered without being stunned first. I thought majority of sheep would be stunned first, as the non-halal meat market is much bigger in the UK than the halal meat market. That is correct, Dims. As you know, stunned meat is haram, which means forbidden for Muslims. Unfortunately, stunned meat has also entered the halal meat market and the only reliable organisation is Halal Monitoring Committee, also known as HMC. My question to you both, would you buy from other organisations such as Halal Food Authority, also known as HFA, or butchers that sell halal meat with no affiliation? I am aware of the HMC, not too familiar with HFA, but do they not have separate bodies regulating different areas? That is correct. I know at least five and they are known as the following. The Muslim Food Board UK, also known as Halal Certification Europe. The second one, Halal Authority Body. The third one, Halal Food Authority, which is also known as HFA. The fourth one, Halal Monitoring Committee, 
which is also known as HMC. And finally, the fifth one, Universal Halal Agency. Yes, some do cover other aspects other than food, but I think this conversation is going off topic. What I was trying to state is, would you eat anything that has a halal label or does it have to have some sort of affiliation to organization or charity such as HMC? I believe in Islam, a Muslim can't offload their responsibility to someone else so they must ensure it is permissible. People should check which organization has provided certification and see if they govern their members properly. I used to buy from unauthenticated halal meat suppliers before, but having been more conscious and read up information on the topic, I only buy meat that has HMC stamped on it. If the listeners are interested in a HFA versus HFC podcast, let us know by our social media so we can get one out for you. That brings me to my next question. There are comments and myths from some non-Muslims that halal organization adds a religious tax on halal meat. I have my thoughts on this matter, but I'd like to know what you guys think. It's not a tax. I do think companies have to pay a fee, something like a membership fee, to be certified halal, and this is where you can't trust every organization. As I said before, money makes the world go round, and you're going to get organisations who are just out to make money. Halal tax? To be honest, I wasn't aware there was such a thing. There is no such thing. You mean no such nonsense? Lol, you mean no such bagwas? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, let's use HMC as an example. They are a non-profit charity. They charge two pence per chicken or two pence per kilo of meat. That is a small price to pay to ensure that the food any Muslim eats is genuinely halal. This helps support all Muslim consumers, retailers and suppliers. I think this is why someone who is not interested in halal meat would think this is a tax. Back to the Daily Mail article quoting Peter, the animal rights group would much rather everyone becomes vegan and not eat any living creature. They even wanted to put a ban on people consuming honey. I'm pretty certain on what your opinions are on the Daily Mail and their agendas, but I'd like to hear it, please. Well, anything from Daily Mail, I will take with a pinch of salt. But what does honey have to do with meat? And why would they try to ban honey? I was just trying to state that Peter are very stringent on animal rights. Something like honey, which most people wouldn't even bat an eyelid, but not Peter. If your listeners would like to know more on this matter, a link will be added in the description. Yeah, I think the Daily Mail just likes to stir up tensions amongst people. Stuff like that sells, so they print it. Regarding a ban on meat, if you look at Mother Nature, then humans are just part of the food chain, and the food chain is there for population control. Our next article seems to be fairer on the matter compared to the previous one. Just like previously, I would appreciate it if you peeps can have a quick read. Yeah, cool, no yeah, problem. Sure, sure, no worries. This article I've shared with you from the week is more balanced compared with the Daily Mail one. I think it would help a non-Muslim understand better about halal meat. Why do you think some people outside the Muslim community fear the word halal whenever it's associated with anything? Is it the various media fault? Okay, that was a much better and well-balanced article. I like how they describe the care of the animal is as important as the sacrifice. 
I believe some news outlets and individuals are using halal as another way to spread Islamophobia, but in fact it should not be an issue at all. I also like how the article explains the word halal is not just about meat, and it actually means what is permissible to Muslims on a wide variety of things. I can think of another word that is misrepresented, jihad. Uh-oh, doesn't... someone wants to go to Guantanamo Bay. Exactly. It doesn't mean waging a holy war or killing people. Jihad actually means to struggle. Back to the article, it is definitely much more insightful and constructive. True journalism. What's your opinion, Dims? Yeah, well, I believe the media is always at fault when they don't present a fair and balanced viewpoint. Even in this episode, so looking at some of these articles, it seems that they're trying to demonize halal meat for no real plausible reason other than it's eaten by Muslims, so it must be bad. I'm just talking here in general media. The article from the week is not so bad. Shame there's not more articles like this, as others seem to make it look like the Muslim community is intentionally trying to make the animals feel as much pain as possible, when this could not be further from the truth. That is correct. If I actually bump my toe or scratch myself, I'm going to feel pain. The reality is, we all feel pain, including animals. Stunning causes pain. I believe the Islamic method is the best way as it's quick and clean and less painful. Your opinions on this, please? Well, I guess we're all going to die one day. So if the choice is slow and painful or quick and clean, I know which one I would pick. Your thoughts, Niz? Yeah, as you mentioned that bit about stunning, I got a vision of a police officer tasering someone. That would definitely be painful. You can imagine the person gritting their teeth, twitching and groaning. Not nice. And the person being tasered is alert and aware of what is going on. I would imagine an animal would experience the same. Oof. That sounds horrific. I think I'll quickly move on. That brings me to another question. Is halal meat more widespread than we think? I've read another article. This time... I won't ask you peeps to read it, because I think you guys have an attention span of a goldfish. I'll just mention it and plug it in for our audience at home. The article is on the foodmanufacturer.co.uk website. The article was published on the 3rd of March 2017, titled Halal Food is a Bigger Market for the UK Than China. It states that the halal meat market is worth more than 900 billion that's b for billion and that was in 2015 i'm guessing it's grown more since then the uk muslim population alone eats 20 percent of the sheep meat in england i think we as a muslim community have more influence and harness than what we get i think the government should give us eat or two what do you peeps think I'm not sure about a UK Eid national holiday, but is that 900 billion in the UK alone or the world? By my understanding, it's worldwide. Okay, that is still a big business. And as I said before, slaughterhouses will switch to fit the market. And so they will produce halal meat, but sell it to non-Muslims as the majority of non-Muslims are not concerned about how it got to the table. 900 billion? That's a huge number. I did not expect the halal meat market to be that gigantic. 
especially with those stats being six years old. I can only imagine how much that market has grown since then. But yeah, in terms of Eid, a two-week holiday for everyone would be nice, just like we get two weeks off for Christmas. And to keep it fair, that holiday would apply to all non-Muslims as well. Lol. That is correct. But as for a non-Muslim, it's a choice. A person can always ask if it's halal or not. But everything is all labelled nowadays anyway, so I don't understand the issue here. Why some people are thinking eating halal makes them a Muslim? People have a choice here in the UK. If they didn't want to eat halal, they don't have to. If they did not have a choice, then it would be another situation. We are coming to an end of our episode, so I'm going to now break it down to four key points, as it seems we didn't mention this in our previous episode, halal versus kosher. First point in halal slaughter is that a lot of focus is put on hygiene and cleansiness based on religion, not just on oneself, but all animals. This means all animals raised on halal farm are raised differently, as halal farmers must abide by guidelines that has been set by the religion. All animals must be treated well and given healthy and clean food to eat. Second point on halal slaughter is the ethical stance. It is most definitely not allowed to slaughter a sick animal. Therefore, all animals are raised in a clean condition. In other words, the environment should be a disease-free area. The animals are treated with respect. All Muslims believe halal slaughter is very ethical. This causes less stress to the animals compared to modern farming techniques. Regarding this point, I asked you peeps to view a couple of videos on YouTube titled Mercy Halal Slaughter Part 1 and Mercy Halal Slaughter Part 2A. It shows how the animal has totally submitted to be slaughtered. Both videos are old. They are at least 10 years old. We will plug both of these videos in the podcast description. As for this episode, I asked you guys to watch both videos. Did you? And what did you guys think? Yes, I actually saw it ages ago. As you mentioned, Saul, it is a very old video. But it's definitely eye-opening when I first watched it. But seeing it again years later, it was still amazing. As he mentioned all scriptures, he says you can mention God's name in any language as long as you say it with 100% belief and conviction and the animal will obey. In part one, he says it in Arabic and seeing how the animals are bouncing around but soon as he mentioned the name of Allah, they submitted peacefully and lay down. And I love the line when he says, and I quote, these animals are more religious than most people. Lol. And the second video was made to prove the doubters wrong from the first video when people were saying that it wasn't the name of God or Allah but rather the closing of the eyes of the goat. So he did this second video where he kept the eyes of the goat open and showed that they still submitted to the power of the word of the Lord rather than the act of the eyes being closed. Amazing. Alhamdulillah. Yunis, what did you make of the video? Well. I hadn't seen the video before and it was interesting to watch. I was absolutely amazed at how the animals submitted to the name of Allah and the scripture of Allah. I did initially think it was the covering of the eyes and I watched his technique closely to see if it was how he was picking up, placing or holding the goat. The second video opened with a reference to viewers commenting on the covering of the eyes and he did the second video to prove them wrong. It was not as easy 
but the GOAT did submit. Unfortunately, I was caught out by YouTube's recommendations, which had a video titled Simple Trick Calms Sheep. This showed the same process by a non-Muslim and the goat did the same thing, laid down. The guy from the Calms Sheep video mentions that out of the fight or flight response, goats have a flight response and don't fight. So when you take away the option of flight, they submit. The only difference between the original video and the Calms Sheep video was that the goat in the Calms Sheep video was still more active after having submitted. The guy from the Calms Sheep video also mentions this is what sheep shearers do when they shear sheep. Totally agree, peeps, on what you've said. Niz, you've gone above and beyond. I only asked both of you to watch the two videos. Outstanding. <laughs> is that your best? Well, that takes me to the third point. In Islamic slaughter, the blood is totally depleted from the corpse. The end result is a better and fresher meat free from bacteria. In addition, as the meat is not stressed, it is free from fear toxins, which results in softer meat, which is free from radicals, is it? Yeah, in chemistry, a radical is an atom, molecule or ion that has an unpaired balance electron. Well, enough, Niz, you brain box. Carry on, Sol. As I was saying, which are released when animals are under stress, there is a school of thought that this would produce cleaner and healthier meat for the mind and body. Finally, the last point, this is why many people, mostly Muslims, believe that halal meat tastes better as the blood in the meat can rot and negatively affect taste. Halal meat is more tender and it tastes better. It also stays fresher due to the absence of blood, which restricts bacteria growth. Well, that's the end of the episode. Hope you've learned something interesting. There is a lot to pack and we've just scratched the surface. As we can't cover everything in this episode. If this has been informative, let us know your thoughts on this topic. You can catch us on our social media platform, such as our website, which is www.nosuchnonsense.com or our Twitter page at nsn.podcast. Well, that's a goodbye from Sol. And a goodbye from Niz. And a goodbye from me, Dims. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.